In today's episode, we're going to talk about how Robert and I cooked with our Locked On Look of the Week. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Tuesday. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. We're going to be continuing this Marshall game discussion. A couple more things to recap before we turn our attention to Duke uh, in the second half of this week. We're going to start this Tuesday episode with a whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of something. We get a lot of positive feedback on this segment, so we're going to keep this rolling again this week. Another three topics to buzz through. Kenton, here's our first one. The goal line series. I believe it was in the third quarter where we rolled out Brendan Armstrong in the red zone, actually, if you want to zoom in even further, it was on the five-yard line. A whole <laughs> lot of nothing or a whole lot of something. What do you make of this decision to stick him in there in a special goal line package? Grayson, have you ever seen the movie Harlem Nights? I have. Do you remember the scene where Arsenio Hall was shooting the automatic weapon and the guy next to him kept firing the single-shot pistol? And eventually he said, stop shooting that little stuff. He didn't say stuff, of course, but we're keeping yeah. it right here. This is a whole lot of something because we voluntarily bought out the pistol when we had the Tommy gun. What are we doing? We are getting too cute for ourselves. We don't need to get that cute. With all due respect to Brennan, there is a reason that he is in the position that he's in. There's a reason why MJ Morris is in the position he's in. And that's with all due respect to that young man. I don't, I don't say anything about anybody on there that I wouldn't say to his face. There's a reason. I understand that some people may say, well, you know, Brennan is in there to take the goal line hits that we may not want MJ take. I don't care. I don't care. Give it to the guy that has us in the best chance, of, puts us in the best chance of winning, that things work out the best generally with. I'm going to use one to play off of the other. It's a whole lot of something because it turned out to be a whole lot of nothing. We got way too cute when all we needed to do was just punch that sucker in. If yeah. we were going to hand the ball off to Mims, MJ Morris is perfectly capable of doing so. But I do want to touch on the decision to stick Armstrong in, sort of providing a different look for the defense. You know, on a surface level, I can understand what the coaching staff was trying to do here. More than likely, it's going to be some sort of run package, whether it's a wildcat look or the option, possibly. There's a lot that you can throw at them here using Armstrong as a runner because ultimately that has been his best asset to this team so far this year. So on a surface level, I can understand the thought process there. But then rolling that into a play action and the entire team looking discombobulated, nip that in the bud. Light that page of the playbook on fire. We, I mean, just simply unnecessary. Keep MJ in there. 
power that ball in the end zone. If you're going to run a play action, you can do that with MJ as well. There's no need to get too cute and run yourself out of what should have been a touchdown and instead had to settle for three points. So a whole lot of something because it needs to be a whole lot of nothing as in no more of that moving forward. Our next one here, the clock management slash the conservative play calling that has been costing us points at the end of halves. A whole lot of nothing or a whole lot of something? Well, see, we already know Grayson's answer because the actual prompt was the the play calling at the end of the first half against Marshall. (laughs) But Grayson has already hit the nail on the head because, I mean, this this has been a consistent problem. This is not something that's new. And, you know, I I tell my family all the time, I've known you all for, I'm 28 now, just in case you didn't know. And I tell my family all the time, I've known you all for nearly three decades. I'm never going to get mad at you for being who you are. I am going to get mad at you for acting out of character. At this point in time, it's in Doran's character to mismanage the clock at halftime. Like, you have to expect that. It, it is, in fact, the aberration for him to handle a clock in a manner that is like, wait, did we just score and only leave five seconds on the clock for the other team at the end of the half? How did that happen? That's that's where we are right now with Dorn and his clock management. So I'll say it's a whole lot of something because, you know, one time is a mistake. Two times it's becoming a pattern. Three times it's a habit. That's just who you are, and, and that's where I'd leave it. Yeah, unfortunately, this has been a repeating occurrence. Of course, I said this a lot more colorfully on the the live feed on Saturday, but that's the kind of stuff that will hold a team back. When you're trying to raise the floor of a program and you are consistently shooting yourself in the foot, going into a half, maybe getting too conservative in the second half of a game, you're not going to be able to advance and achieve higher success when you're constantly killing yourself like that. And I talked about on Saturday as well, not just the decision to get conservative there at the end of that first half of the Marshall game, but then to hand the ball over to Marshall and give them the opportunity to take the lead going into halftime, which they did, was especially nasty. Momentum is a hell of a drug. And we had a lot of it, or at least the potential of even more of it, going into halftime when we were going to get the ball to begin the second half. And we completely knocked our plate of food all over the floor. It's a it's a mess in the kitchen now. Yeah. Can't be doing that moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. I'm starting to think that this ain't an offensive coordinator problem because this problem has persisted throughout multiple offensive coordinators. That's that's a whole other discussion we can probably so, get into. At, at this point in time, I'm saying, brother, get out the kitchen. Let your OC cook. Let him cook. Let him do his thing. Because – Objectively speaking, Anai got into a Louis Duffel this game. He got into, he said, "Hey, don't worry about it. I'm gonna get into. I'm gonna pull some things out this here bag. You ain't gonna see it coming, but it's gonna. And not only am I gonna pull it out the bag, I'm gonna put it back in and re-rock it with a different hat. And you think it's a whole nother fit now? Got it all two times. Crazy work. Black bag with the black strap. You know what that means. Hey, you know what that. That's why I love you, Grayson. That's why I love you, Grayson. That's that's good ball right there. We know ball on this channel. We know uh, ball. So to finish this one ball. out, we got one more here. MJ Morris with three turnovers in his first start of 2023. Whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of something. So some people are going to call me a hypocrite here, and I'm okay with that. I don't care. I know that three the three turnover thing was what I got on Brendan Armstrong about. However, 
you need to apply context to the turnovers. It cannot just be end result thing. And if anything, I would argue that MJ was too conservative with the ball. And I mean that very genuinely. And watching that game, there were multiple times where I'm like, mm, brother, trust your arm. There's a window there. Is it a big window? No, but you play power five football. The windows will never be high school big again. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, so, you know, when you look at the difference between his turnovers and some of Brennan's, it's that's one difference, but also the difference in reads that were made in terms of the ability to say, you know, what, we'll just eat a sack here. And how much did that help the team out? Instead of throwing up an arm punt, having moments where you're just like, yeah, I'll take the sack. You know what I mean? Like that, it helps out so much. And so I'd say a whole lot of nothing because, again, one was on a terribly blocked bubble screen. Another one was on um, a a pass that hit both of the receiver's hands. You live with those. You know what I mean? And not only hit both of his hands, hit both of his hands while he had both feet on the ground or one foot on the ground. Like you weren't midair when, when that happened. So I'd say a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, this this is a whole lot of nothing for me as well. And I believe I've said this either Saturday or Monday. You do have to take into account of how these happened. And another thing, I can live with being aggressive and making turnovers that are not entirely your fault, whether it is a deflection at the line or, yes, the occasional bounce off a receiver's hands that happened to just land in the hands of a DB. Now, the... The blown blocking assignment, that one stung a little bit more because that's something that's more preventable than a bad bounce most of the time. But it's it's a whole lot of nothing because it they weren't coming from bad reads. They weren't coming from bad decisions, although maybe he could have held on to the second one. But the decisions weren't bad. The reads were good. It's just the end result is not exactly what you want there. I can live with that because you're not – you're not exactly beating yourself. And again, not to beat a dead horse here, Armstrong was doing a lot of that. Yeah. The context does matter. So for me, it is a whole lot of nothing. Up next, we're going to get into our Locked On Look of the Week. This has become quickly a new favorite of a lot of listeners. We have another good one for you. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the day is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is simply the most fun you can have while making some money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and then place your entry. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday every Tuesday. Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So for example, for example, you can pick Justin Jefferson to receive over 100 yards or Lamar Jackson to throw less than two touchdowns. With the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. So go to prizepicks.com slash lockedoncollege and use code lockedoncollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash lockedoncollege and use code Locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Our second sponsor today is Game Time. You simply shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They provide all-in prices to show your total upfront so you know exactly what deal you're getting without the hidden fees. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. 
Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, and again, create an account and use redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G-E, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, it's time for everybody's new favorite segment. It's our Locked On Look of the Week. Kenton, take it away. I have been crying, begging, screaming, if you will, for us to get the ball to the tight ends. Play action power read outside post, why also known as the tight end, will. Now, let me tell you why this play is important. This is the type of deception that I like to see. Football is often referred to as a war or battle, and you win those with a good amount of deception. Robert and I got into his best little sneaky bag here. I know it's a spooky season coming up, and he had defenders seeing ghosts with this one. Folks, let's talk about it. So as you can see here, at the top of the screen, there is a corner and a receiver whose legs are in the picture. They are the clear-out route. That is, the corner is taking that uh, – I'm sorry, the receiver is taking that corner up into the middle of the field with his post route that then clears out a whole lot of space. Let's talk about the blocking scheme and the deception. The deception is we got the defense to think that we were reading the wrong guy. So for those of you who are listening along instead of watching, what, I, what I've drawn up here is the blocking scheme of this play. It is play action power read. So what we're seeing is a basic power read look. The tackle and the guard on the, the right tackle and right guard are both having a combination block on the three technique. The center is blocking back on the nose guard. And the left tackle is taking the rush end on the right-hand side one-on-one. That's what we got going on here, okay? If we're talking about the offense, uh, then we're saying that that's the left defensive end who the left tackle is taking one-on-one. Now, Lyndon Cooper is pulling around. Here's why Lyndon Cooper is pulling. Number one, you have to truly sell power read here. You cannot sell power read without a pulling guard. But number two, that pulling guard is supposed to take the defensive end if he is charging straight up field instead of kind of sitting on the sitting on the line of scrimmage and slow playing that thing out. So the problem is also I have the defensive end who's supposed to be the read man circled. The problem is he's not actually the read man. The guy that's circled right now, the safety that's slightly behind the defensive end is the read man. And what this power look creates, what this play action power read look creates is a sense of urgency in the safety to get downhill and not only meet the running back at the spot, but beat Trent Penix to the spot and meet the running back there. As Trent Penix is, is going to be his blocker if this were a power read. But as, as I've already said, there's a little trickeration. Halloween came early, ladies and gentlemen. There's a little trickeration going on in this thing, okay? We ran a trick and got a little treat there. Now, the point of this is, to influence the linebackers and potentially this slot corner slash safety if we're uh, looking at this from what we want to happen here, okay? The goal of this play is to force that safety down into outside leverage on trip Penix. It's to force that linebacker down. It's to force that inside linebacker to potentially come down, which would mean that this backside corner or safety or rover with star, whatever you like to call them, has to replace and fill in. And then... If they've covered everything else, you have an alert route being run by this slot that would fill in exactly behind 
where the gentleman to the farthest right with the arrow pointing in just vacated. So for those of you who are listening along, we have all of the defenders to the play side in the box all coming downhill right away because, again, this is a play-action uh, pass, so that's what you're set to do. Now, this shows the post-snap look. Oh, look at that. Robert and I did it. He did the thing. He's cooking. All of the linebackers are exponentially closer to the line of scrimmage than they were when the play started. And look where the safety is. Now, Grayson, did the safety start behind the linebackers or no? Yes. And yet, look at how close he is. He started off multiple yards behind the linebackers, and now he's basically, even with one of them, about a half yard behind the other because he is sensing the power read and beating Trent Penix to the spot with a sense of urgency. That's why I drew him with a white line going to a block where he wants to beat that block and make a tackle. However, Trent Penix had other plans. Robert and I had other plans. Let me tell you something. When you act this well on the play, get that man a Tony Award because that's what Trent Penix deserves here. He faked this start block for at least a good five or six steps, which then led to this picture. Now, for those of you listening along, what we have is the safety is outside of Trent Penix with his hips pointed to the sideline as Trent Penix is cutting up the field. So what does that mean? In essence, the safety's back is darn near to Trent Penix because the safety was attempting his hardest to be outside of Trent Penix to force the back back inside to where all of his help is. The problem is this is a pass play. You're not forcing him back to any help. You're forcing him to open green grass. And here's MJ Morris's job at this point. Hit that man in stride. If you hit him in stride, it is Katie Dids at the doorstep. It is the Wolfpack. Uh, it's the Wolfpack fight song plan. It's NC State fight song plan. If he just puts the ball on the front side of this window here, right? And as you can clearly see, MJ Morris is in his throwing motion here. Look where the safety is. The safety is behind Trent Penix, cleanly behind him, providing a massive throwing window. Again, all he has to do is deliver this ball on time and in this window, and he's good. And as you can clearly see, because he's in this throwing motion, he's an on-time quarterback. Uh, yes, he is. And so he gets it to Trent Penix, and what does Trent Penix have in front of him? Who's that defender in front of him? That looks like, is that our good friend, friend of the pod, Andy Air? Andy Air. Andy Air is in front of him, and guess what? It's a parade inside his city. He is having himself a good old time. In the words of, of Denzel Washington in uh, Remember the Titans, is football fun? Yes, sir. Yes, it is when you are drawing up plays like that. Look at that smile. Look at that smile. Ain't, ain't that a million-dollar smile there? That man needs to get himself an NIL deal with Invisalign or something because Trent Phoenix was having a ball on Saturday, and that's exactly how you want to draw these plays up. Again, when we feature our tight ends as the, the main target, as the player that the players are drawn up for, look at how well that happened. We have a tight end room that is not only talented, it's deep. Trent is not our only good tight end. You talk about the Notre Dame linebackers and how good they are, and yet that was uh, that was Juice Vereen's biggest game of the year. We've talked about Chris Toole plenty of times on this show and how special he is, especially in that red zone. 
Use the tight ends. Anai, keep cooking. Keep cooking. That was a beautiful play call. These types of plays with this types of success yes. that we have been waiting on. Yes. And I think you finally got the glimpse of a full Robert and I arsenal. And I think a lot of that has to do with MJ being the quarterback in this situation. But you can see the, the tactician that Anai is perfectly drawing up that space for Penix to just grab it and go. And not only that, but it was so nice, he ran it he twice. Ran it twice. Yes, and sir. it worked both times for two touchdowns. That is the sort of play calling we've been waiting on this season. And to finally get it, especially in a big moment where you're, you find yourself in a shootout with Marshall, proven that when we cross our T's and dot our I's, we can be a very dynamic offense. It's just the consistency to get there game in and game out is something that has eluded us. But we saw so much promise in both MJ and I, the execution and the play calling Penix finally arriving to the party. A lot to like from this Marshall game. Absolutely. A bit of the shortening of the wide receiving room. We saw a little bit less of the targets being spread out on Saturday. And I think there's a lot of success that will follow. Stick with us. Our third sponsor of the day is Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency and gives you a peace of mind so you are not just hoping you have access to medication in the middle of an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. It's simple, and they handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off of these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout. JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. A little bit of conversation regarding the wide receiving room. Now, this has been a topic that has been stirring up for a number of weeks here as we've kind of been breaking down some of the struggles that we've had offensively. A lot of the targets started to narrow down instead of the way that they've been spread out amongst Lassane and Jakari Collins and Julian Gray, you saw the bulk of the throws in the direction of Casey Concepcion for very good reason, because he is far and away our best wide receiver. Trent Penix is not exactly a wide receiver, although sometimes he can be used as such with his versatility. He had three catches for 99 yards and two touchdowns. Terrell Timmons had a couple big catches. He had two for 51. And then the interesting part of this Keon Lassane was targeted just once. I believe Bradley Rosner was targeted just twice. And Dakari Collins was targeted just once. I've seen a lot of moaning and groaning from folks on this exact topic. And I think the, the masses are correct in this. The ball needs to get into the hands of your best player. And I don't want to shade him here, but we simply haven't got nearly any production from Keon Lassane. And that yeah. is a little bit of a head scratcher considering he is a captain. Um, of the football team, much less the wide receiver room. But I just feel like the way that they've been using Keon does not play to his strengths. I believe I've said that on here before. He just feels like more of a slot guy that's being forced to the outside. Absolutely. And game after game after game, it's just not there. You have got to find a way to continually find your playmakers, or at least I should say the guys that are producing. But also, if you're that pressed to play wide receivers and put wide receivers in the game, Okay, fine. Give us more Dakari Collins. Give us an Anthony Smith sighting. Get him on the field outside of special teams because that kid is special. I know that you you heard the special and thought special teams. That's not what that means. 
He can play offense. It's legal. It's legal for him to do that. So, you know, I'm looking at our receiving core and I'm saying to myself, okay, Casey is good. He's not three times more receptions than the second guy good. He's just not. So we got to find ways to get other people to ball, find ways to, you know, scheme more folks open. Um, Because, again, you know, if we talk about the interception against Louisville, that was the uh, overthrow against cover one, right? The one that we had on our first ever locked on uh, look of the week. Let's just be honest. A switch release where um, I believe it was Porter Rooks did a pretty good job of setting a pick there. We have receivers that can create separation on that. Yeah. Like we just do. You know what I mean? And, and so it's a very disappointing moment. But again, it's it's the reality that this team, we have the playmakers. We can do it. Just put them on the field. The separation is being created in guys like KC, in guys mm-hmm. like Julian Gray, in guys like Timmons. And now with MJ in there, we're going to be able to find them at a higher clip. You have Fun to fact, be- that – that uh, that um, post play that they threw to KC that was a touchdown. Julian Gray was even more open than KC was. Yeah, they both ran post, and Julian Gray was like that safety bit hard on KC, which you know, hey, it's a touchdown. Don't want to complain about it. However, you move the safety to where you wanted to with your eyes. Go back to the other guy; he's going to be open. That'll do it for us here on Tuesday. As always, thank you so much for joining us, getting these subscriber numbers up. Make sure you get your comments in the box. We'll get to each and every one of those. Tell a friend to tell a friend to hit like and subscribe as well. Uh, tomorrow, we will start to preview the Duke Blue Devils. We have a big primetime matchup coming this Saturday evening. We will see you all tomorrow. Until then, go Pack. Go Pack.